Hey, and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast, where we're going to be speaking with Tim Fennelly and the rest of the Eurothing guys, who are just an awesome punk rock band out of California. They bring up-tempo punk rock and basically rock it up to 11. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power by Rock podcast. Super excited to be joined by what looks like uh, the workout crew of Eurofame. Uh, oh, sorry. Trying to get some reps in. <laughs> Taking a little nap, getting some energy, whatever they're doing back there. But, uh, you know, I'm absolutely pumped to have you guys on the show today. As I think the debut album that you guys have, Chasing Horizons, is an absolutely incredible breath of fresh air. And it's one of the best albums of the year, not just punk albums. It's one of the best albums. It's actually my highest rated album by any new band of the year as well. So welcome to the show, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks Thank you. so much. Oh, yeah. Love to be here. <laughs> Great. So I think a lot of people probably in, in this, I'm going to be honest about what I first heard when, when I first heard of you guys. I think a lot of people obviously know Steve, Steve Caballero from Skateboard and Fame, uh, obviously been in punk bands for years. Uh, I didn't even know that until recently. I was like, oh, I didn't even know he played music, but uh, great to have you here, Steve, as well. But I think that's kind of what probably brings a lot of the initial attraction to the band is Steve's name. But I, that's why I kind of hesitated at first to listen to the album because I was like, maybe this is just like using his name and it doesn't hold up. But then I thought, you know, what do I have to lose by listening to the album? I mean, I've listened to a lot of shitty bands in the years. So I was like, <laughs> whatever, like, one let more. me give it a shot. <laughs> let me give it a shot. And I'm actually super glad I did because the album was truly friggin' rocking. So what may you say to somebody who has potentially a broken brain like I did? Um, I mean, that's kind of up to the individual, but I like to listen to anything and everything. So um, I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. Yeah. Steve, did you did you have any insight of like why I was like hesitant to listen to a band that you would be in by, by any chance? I mean, I feel like an idiot now, but I'm like, yeah, you guys freaking rock. Like a huge Sims um, fan or something? What that? No, I um yeah, that's that's happened over the years and stuff. You know, uh definitely a name helps carry things. Um sometimes, you know, I would like the music to carry itself and not yeah. have like I don't like my name being promoted on on flyers all the time you know um if it's a skate if it has a skate related thing then yeah sure. but if it's just kind of like a punk show I'd, I'd rather just have the band's name on there yeah um, it gets kind of annoying of just like you know focusing on on my presence you know when it's a group effort yeah exactly and that's i think that's kind of why i was resistant because every single thing was steve caballero and Tim or Steve Caballero and whoever else, or just Steve Caballero talks about urethane. I'm like, like, that's kind of, it's the promos, <laughs> the promo stuff, the buzz about it, that kind of, it's kind of like overinflated, I think. But I'm, you know, I'm super excited to hear you say that because, you know, the band, the music does speak for itself in this case. And, you know, I'm not going to be promoting it as, you know, <laughs> Steve Caballero and urethane. It's going to be urethane 
as, yeah. as the episode because you guys, I mean, as a, as a cohesive unit, have put out an ep absolutely epic album. Um, you know, I, I kind of, I actually went over and listened to the Toby Morse podcast that he guys, that you guys actually joined last month, I believe, um, to kind of get a little bit more backstory because there's not a lot of history of the band because the band's only relatively new. I mean, it's what, like a year old now or less than a year old. But yeah, can you guys that. give kind of a, a synopsis of how the group came together and, and why you guys decided to kind of band this group together when you guys were all in musical projects elsewhere? Um, I'll, I'll do calls. this because I know you've done this like a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so during the pandemic, um, I was playing in a band called War Fever and shows basically shut down. So I kind of used that time to just like dust off the songbook and see what I was working on at the time and um, just finished up a couple of songs. I didn't have anything in mind, like as far as a project, I was just trying to keep busy and keep my keep the juices flowing. And um, I reached out to a friend of mine, Jeff. Um, What's his name? Jeff Morris. Morris. <laughs> my and, uh, good friend, Jeff, best friend. <laughs> That guy. And so he owns a studio called Double Time and he plays drums. Um, so I asked him if he was available to just work on songs, record them. I had no idea what, what was going to happen with those. It was just for fun. And so he helped me record five songs. And then um, it, it was kind of, I had never sang or um, actually really composed or arranged music in yeah. in the way that it is you know in in your thing so it was kind of just like an experiment and i really enjoyed doing it and i really liked music so i was like i'm just going to put it out and uh under like some pseudonym and have it on spotify and whatever and just move on and hopefully yeah. shows were going to come back and i was going to get back to normal but um so I had it all slated to to release and I was on Instagram and I saw that Steve had posted Steve was in a band. I didn't know that at the time. And he they were looking for a singer. Um and I'm in Carlsbad. I know that Steve's in Carlsbad, so I was like, I'm just gonna it was a really like a um a spontaneous thing i was just like i'll send him some of the songs that i just finished and just you know you probably won't answer me but why not <laughs> so um you know sure enough like the next day or the day after that he he got back to me and he said he liked the music and i was really surprised um and really stoked and so we connected and we met up and we talked about stuff and um he played some tracks of his new band and and he was like I'll, I'll i'll see what these guys think about your voice but you know i think we both kind of knew like it wasn't like a good fit but and then sure enough he went to his band and they were like yeah so um we we met up again shortly after that and and he was like you know we should start something and i was like really surprised that he was going to leave his band and we were going to do something. And, um, that's, that's kind of what happened. And I cold called Dylan out of nowhere. I, I actually asked some other guy that I don't know on social media, um, who uh, I know lives in North County. 
Yeah. And uh, I asked him if he knew of any drummers. I know this guy has like good taste in music and stuff. And he he's like, yeah. He pointed me towards Dylan. So I yeah. messaged Dylan out of nowhere. I'm just like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Steve Cavallaro, you want to join? And uh, never heard him play. Didn't. I mean, I know that he was in the Bomb Pops, and so yeah. that must be good, right? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of the Bomb Pops. I just haven't listened to the music. But yeah, Dylan, you want to play, play drums for us? <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we. Dylan joined us and, and we were a three piece for a while and we were just playing in Steve's bedroom and um, just like figuring out the songs together. And um, and then shortly after that, we Steve calls me up one day and he says, hey, I want to play guitar. And it was kind of weird. He was playing bass but, originally, right? Yeah, he was playing bass. Yeah. Um, because Chad over here was, we were talking um during that time and and chad was interested in, in getting involved and he wanted to play guitar um and i was like you know we kind of just started like let's let, let, let's see how it goes um so when steve said that he wanted to play guitar i was like well i know a guy that plays bass because chad's a really good bass player yeah he uh, came from war fever um, as well with you right yeah and he played he he's in was in skipjack for a hundred years yeah, and um, so as soon as we got together, it was just a really good chemistry, really good fit. Um, and that's where we are right now. Nice. So basically, you just said, Hey, I don't know any of you guys, but you don't work with me. And then, Hey, Chad, do you want to come? Play yeah. With me too? <laughs> and it was, I mean, it's one of those things that like certain doors open and things are really easy, yeah. it's a good sign. You know, when you're when you're fighting against things and and you can kind of tell that it's not going to work. But this project has been really easy and we all connect really well and we're all like musically on the same page. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And when you were referencing the, the recordings of the stuff that you're doing, was that the Johnny Cuz slash Tim Frog EP that you were doing or was that something else that you were actually putting together? That. Um, yeah, that was just. For kicks, me and Johnny decided to do an acoustic record. Um, yeah. But that, yeah, that was only like two years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So it was actually something else, and then kind of what became some of the songs for your thing. I take it then. Yes. Yes. Very yeah, cool. I took uh, I took Avalanches with me on that one. Yeah, and brought top Toby Morse from H two O. So yes, that was pretty yeah, cool. That so was, uh, that was interesting. Um, we were we're super lucky to have those those guest spots um jim jim Lindbergh joined us on another song yeah uh, so i do want to talk about that in just a yeah, second because i kind of got some some kind of pre pre-work for that those questions but i do want to kind of kind of get some more information from you guys about you know what like this momentum has been because you guys have been pretty much on a frantic pace since you guys have started working together right i mean it's been when did you guys actually get together it was like earlier this year or late last year End of January. End of January. Yeah. Really going. September twenty fourth. Yeah, September twenty fourth for the three of us. But once the four piece was together, is the end of January this last year. Wow. So I mean, in that time, you guys have played multiple shows. I know you guys did punk rock bowling. You guys are actually doing. Uh, you guys did a, a food drive thing as well. I saw that, and then you guys are doing. That's uh, uh, The Soma is it the Soma Fest or something like that that you guys? Are yeah, doing? we're playing. With Pennywise and Strung Out and the Deviates at Soma, um, November 5th. 
Yeah. Coming up. And the punk rock food drive is on the 12th in Oceanside. Yeah, both. I mean, that, that Soma thing, that lineup is just incredible. So that's, I mean, you guys getting on these stages, obviously you guys have been around music for, you know, decades each probably. Um, and you guys are just using the connections and making things happen. And I did, I did uh, hear that thing from the Toby Morris podcast where you guys said that, you know, it's a lot of it's your booking agent. So credit to him because he's, he's definitely got you guys on the right track, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah we so, got team. what was that? We, we got a good team going. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I, I do want to ask, like, when did you guys think like, Hey man, this is like actually something worthwhile. I mean, obviously Steve and you kind of were, were working a little bit by yourselves, but did you ever have any hesitancy or reluctance to like make this move forward? Cause you guys had had established bands before that. And, or was it just like immediately that you were like, let's get sunk in and let's just do this and go full throttle on it. For me, it was immediately something I wanted to do. I knew yeah. it was a right fit and I wanted to go forward with it. And for yeah. me, it was a similar thing to it. You know, you get a lot of coming, you spoke about shitty bands. There's a lot of them out there and Tim sent demos <laughs> and it was like, all right, I'm into this right away. Like there, yeah. there was a click. There was something that, that drew me to it right away. So playing with the guys just fit really easily. Nice. I think uh, the connection is that we we all have kind of the same taste in music, yeah. <clears throat> and we're we're all have a professional sense, business sense in mind. So we actually are serious yeah. when we play. Um, I was in that previous band for a year, looking for a singer. Finally reached out to Tim, fell in love with his his music and his voice. And when those guys said no, that was a, that was a fork in the road for me. And it, yeah. it made me realize a decision I had to make, which was give up a year's worth of work and and dedicate everything to Tim. You know, and so when you're asking when did I think it was a for sure thing, it was when I first heard his demo tape. I said, wow. This this is a for sure thing. Cause yeah. You know, I, I know when it comes to bands, the the singer makes or breaks you. Yeah. You know, it, do, yeah. it doesn't matter how, how good of a player you are, drummer, bass player, guitarist. If the singer sucks, the band sucks. Yeah. And that's so, pretty high praise for you, Tim, because Tim just said really? he wasn't singing in, in bands before that, right? Like, no. he was playing guitar. No. And, and it's funny because everything I sent them was all... <laughs> studio audio uh, auto tune so when we got into into the studio together i was like oh man the wheels are gonna come off <laughs> <laughs> but they're still here so that's awesome so yeah speaking of that musical influence and that musical taste that you guys have i mean um you know i i kind of think you guys the sound is like late 90s early 2000s pop punk is which what i grew up on i mean i know you guys are maybe slightly older than me but not like you know a full generation ahead of me or anything. Um, and that's a little bit different than maybe some of the projects you, some of you guys have had. I know the bomb pops obviously kind of have like that pop punk sound as well, but um, you know, war fever is a little bit more hardcore punk. Um, I think this sound, especially because, you know, it's, it's your, it's your vocal um, abilities, Tim, and, and just kind of the driving lyrical parts of it. It's a lot of like alkaline trio mixed with unwritten law mixed with like face to face. A lot of that, you know, um, and, and you had actually mentioned that Matt Skiba was one of your influences in your writing. So is that kind of on the right path? Is that kind of like some of those musical influence that you guys had as you were kind of coming together? Most definitely. Um, yeah. I think the, the thing that, that 
that kind of happened during the pandemic was that I was writing songs with with no real goal in mind. They were just like really honest songs. So um, when <clears throat> when they were finished, it was something that that I was really into because it was honest. And that's when I knew I wanted to keep going on this path because that's that's the music I like to write and that's the music I like to sing and that's the music I want to share. Um, like I love playing hardcore stuff. It's fun. Yeah, but, uh, it gets you a lot of energy. <laughs> this is this like means a lot more to me to um, to to be in this band and to to be writing these kind of songs. Yeah. Well, let me ask you personally, Tim, because obviously. I don't know how old you are, but you got to be, I'm, I'm almost 40. So you got to be around my age. How does it feel to kindly finally get that in your band in like the musical kind of, um, you know, in, in like that, that inner kind of piece or whatever you want to call it at this, you know, at this stage in your career, when you might've passed this up before and just, you know, I mean, even Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters played drums for Nirvana, right? Then he became the lead man of the Foo right. Fighters which changed his trajectory for his musical career forevermore because um, he could have done the same thing as Chris Novoselic and just played bass in other bands. Right. So you could have just done the same thing, but kind of chose to change your path. And how does that kind of, what does that mean to you? Like on that trajectory for yourself? Um, you know, like the pandemic sucked for a lot of reasons, but it was great for a lot of reasons too. And this is one of them. Cause I don't know if I would have done this had that not happened. Yeah. Um, those I think those you know those songs would have just I, I don't know it's hard to say but um yeah I what was the question <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly just about how does it feel like kind of at this stage in your life to kind of finally kind of realize that 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 dream or that that newfound spirit that you have by being a front man versus just playing guitar <laughs> yeah at um so now I'm collecting um, social security and, and my yeah, you're 28 years old, obviously so. And so <laughs> stuff's working out, you know, um, <laughs> no, it's, it's amazing. Um, I just feel super lucky and, and blessed or whatever you want to say, but this is, um, this is, this is where I've always wanted to be musically, I think. Yeah. So that's it's awesome. very rewarding at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, were you guys, did you guys uh, like, I'm sure you probably had like, um, you, obviously with that demo that you kind of had Steve and then Dylan listen to, you kind of set the, the tone of the band. Did you guys consciously like immediately just say, this is the type of music we're going to play at night? Or did you kind of want to mix things up? Or did you have any like inner tension about like how some of the songs should go at all when you were kind of putting this stuff together? Um, no, there wasn't like a, like a blueprint laid out. Um, I think we all just, we kind of, started playing the music together and you know after those five songs we just like, like came together with ideas and um yeah there was there was never like we're gonna set out to do this specific thing we just we just kind of figured it out like without talking about it nice also that, that's my that's the best way to do yeah and also like the writing didn't stop um, we actually wrote, or I, I, for me personally, I wrote all these like guitar lines um, in the studio that were we I never even practiced um, because we, you know when we were recording, 
each guy would do their thing and we were kind of bored you know so i'm yeah. like i'm just gonna pick up this uh, acoustic guitar and start Get fiddling around with it while you know either chad's laying his track or you know tim's laying a rhythm track and and i came up with a lot of uh different like melody melodies to add to my playing which changed the whole dynamic i think of every single song that we played so when we were done recording i resorted back to what i what i was practicing beforehand because i didn't even know what i played yeah i played it the day that we recorded so it just it just kind of worked and uh it just enhanced the song a little bit better so like i said even up to recording we were still writing in the studio as yeah. well yeah, well, that's a good way to keep the keep the money well spent in the time in the in the studio, right? So, just keep doing what you got to do. Yeah, and and even with those five songs that Tim originally started with, you could listen to any song on that record. Or I'm sure after a while, a lot of people will be able to pinpoint certain spots. But like to add on to what Steve was saying, I can hear, I can hear each person in the band's feel on each song. Like I, I can. I can hear it stands out to me where like Steve has his feel on there. He added S Steve's signature feel. And the same thing with uh, Dylan's fills, like his changes from like a chorus to a big bridge or something. It's not how it was on the record. It's what it's like his signature thing that's on there. And then yeah. a lot of the bass stuff that I'm doing, if you were to turn off all the tracks and just listen to just the little simple fills that are in there, they're all hardcore fills. Yeah. The same stuff I would have done in my hardcore band. Yeah, which is cool because you can take those different styles, put it together, and it still has the overall feel of a pop punk band. But each individual element might sound totally different if it was on its own. Yeah, cool. it, it has every one of us on there equally for sure. You yeah. can hear everybody's uh, two cents on this one, which is That's pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. So I know, like, you guys uh, obviously worked with. El Jefe from No Effects in his studio and with Jen, um, Cybertracks. That's the guys. That's the label you guys are on. So um, you you know you worked in that studio. You you recorded there. Uh, did you get any special treatment from them at all while you were there? Or did you just like get to work and get get on this thing, guys? We need this thing pumped out in the next week. We actually recorded with Cameron Webb at okay. uh, Sound Studios. That's true. But yeah, yeah, our our label is Cybertracks, which is yeah. Jen and Hefe. Um, yeah. But Which they never showed up to any recording. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've never even met them. They're, they're the silent partner. <laughs> um, Good to know. We got, we yeah, got whipped in shape by Cameron. You know, we, we've all been in these situations before, but I, I think all of us were a little unprepared for what we were getting into with Cameron, but it was one of the best routes that we could have taken with this because his input on on our songs and our structures and everything like that really just added that extra level and you know as chad said we all brought our own pieces to it but having cameron kind of help guide us along in that yeah. was was instrumental in the the end result and i i mean i've never worked harder in the studio and gotten more out of two or three days of work and music than i did for the two days that i spent playing getting my stuff done so Nice. You know, I wouldn't say we got special treatment in any way because he, he didn't let us slide with things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at all. So so we definitely were put through the ringer and put through the work. But um, he was also one of the most patient, um, caring 
people that we could have had involved with this. So while he worked us really hard, it came from a really good place. And again, that's mm -hmm. why the end result is what it is. Yeah. And he's worked with tons of, you know, punk bands, famous punk bands and stuff. So that's amazing. Amazing dance. Yeah. Yeah, and another so. testament, like another testament to Cameron is that he didn't go about changing what we set out to do. He more or less showed us that we had these tools all along that we might not have paid close attention to, like things that we already had. Yeah, you know, like Steve, Steve has never sang like this before. Yeah. And he's he's 90 94% of all the harmonies and all the backups that you hear on the record is Steve. And he's never played that role before, but he's like, he, he showed Steve that like, you know, I don't have to change who you are. You have these tools. Let's see what they sound like. Yeah. And, now, and it's awesome. Cause like on those choruses where you play the, the back <laughs> vocals and the melodies sounds great, which yeah. is, you know, they just, they would come to us while we're in the studio and, and plus like Cameron is a perfectionist. So he, he would let you know if it didn't sound right, you know, and yeah. I never had a producer actually tell me that I bent the note. You got to play that over again. You know, yeah. he's got such a great ear for yeah. the highs and the lows and if you're out of tune, you know, and um, so he really he really did work us. And, and I felt bad for each person doing their part because they had to do it over and over and over again until it was perfect. Yeah. So, but then you get to sit there and play in the background while they're doing that, right? Yeah, fiddling around. But <laughs> yeah, so the end result is is an amazing result, and we trusted Cameron just by the work that he's produced. You know, yeah. so um, it was just a great team. You know, everyone is just gets along really well. You know, everyone respects each other, and um, we're we're in this for the long haul. You know, and um, it, I, I see a lot of good things happening in the future. That's awesome. So I want to get into a couple of songs real quick, because we did mention, obviously, working with Jim and Toby on this album, which, you know, like to me, these guys are like super famous punk rock guys because I, I grew up listening to them. Right. So when you brought in Toby to help you guys on the on the vocals for Avalanches, which is the, the song that you had previously recorded uh, for that that split that I was mentioning, um, you know, I really like that song, by the way. It's It's one of the best kind of sounding like. Uh, like deeper meaning kind of songs. And then all of them have different meanings, obviously, but I think that one kind of hits a little bit deeper than, than most on the album. And I was kind of curious, like, what was it like to sort of cover that? Because it wasn't necessarily an up-tempo punk song when you first wrote it and, and played it on acoustic. Um, and I know it's not technically a cover, but you know, when you brought in Toby and then kind of got him on the song and how did you even get him by the way, were you guys are already connected or, um, but when you brought him in, what was it like working with him and then basically working with the rest of the band to make that a new version of what you already had? Um, I'll let Steve speak about Toby, but that song, um, I wrote on an acoustic guitar, but I always felt like that was supposed to be a faster punk song. Yeah, the whole thing um, so, it, it was pretty natural when we all got together as a band and everybody added their parts to it and it was um it that's what i felt like it was meant to be was what it is now so yeah as far as toby being associated with that song um so the whole idea was when we were recording this record thinking of like what can we do to help spice it up and and get some attention well let's reach out to some of the guys that we know in different bands and see if they want to do some guest spots, guest singing. 
So first person that came to my mind was Toby because he owed me one because I played <laughs> uh, guitar and did a music video for him on his last album. So I knew if I asked him, he wouldn't say no because <laughs> he, he, he owed me a favor. So that was, that was an easy one. But I think the hard part was um, trying to figure out which song he was going to sing on. Yeah. So we kind of I don't know how how do we how do we figure out that's the song we wanted him to sing on Cameron, oh so Cameron it was Cameron's idea because I think we we actually wanted Jim to do that song Jim that oh one. okay yeah. and then Cameron was like no Jim would be better on this song okay and we were like, okay so there you so, go <clears throat> we'll take your so, word for it <laughs> when Toby comes in you know Toby like wants to be well prepared you yeah. know and he knows his songs he's not. Uh, very prepared to come in and sing someone else's song and how they wrote it and their and and the meaning behind it to to make it sound legit. So we had to work with Toby a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of stepped in as kind of like the producer and actually just kind of <laughs> guiding him and telling him, "No, Toby, that's not it." You know, over you. and over and over until <laughs> I actually heard Toby Morris's voice and go, I go like, "That's what we want to hear," you yeah. know. So he was just trying to figure it out himself. And, you know, um, I think he had a lot of pressure because, like I said, you're coming in the studio uh, doing this job and, and we, I don't know what what's expected of me. You know, he brought a, a crew with him, you know, and so there was guys in there uh, watching the whole process as well. Um, but we, we nailed it. You know, we um, we got him to 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 bring out his voice and in the song and. It came out amazing. I'm, I'm super impressed on how it all came together. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember growing up listening to H2O Go, that album, and he did a cover of uh, Like a Prayer by Madonna. So I'm like, if he can sing that in a punk version, yeah. you can play anything <laughs> with anybody, right? No, he can <laughs> sing. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. funny because when he was trying to figure out what to do, he, he was actually singing. Um, he was kind of singing like I had sung it. And I think that's where Steve was pushing him to be like, no, be more like you. Look, we yeah. want Toby. Did and you just press play on one of his albums? Be like, listen to this guy sing. This is like <laughs> and finally, when when Toby came out, every the everybody in the control room just erupted, and it was like, yeah, Toby. that's <laughs> what we want to hear. So we were like working him too. Now do it over. Do it <laughs> over. I'm sure he loves getting singing critiques from you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was holding his composure a little bit. <laughs> I know he was getting bummed out. I love you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, awesome. he gets, I love you, Steve. <laughs> uh, so then, obviously, let's talk about uh, Jim's appearance uh, on the track Inheritance. You know, when I was in high school, like I grew up in the Midwest, I lived in North Dakota. That's where I went to high school. Pretty much the most depressing place to ever grow up to play in. And I was in a punk band, so I'm like, Nobody gives a shit about punk in North Dakota, but here I am. But when I was in high school, Pennywise was literally like, it was like Pennywise, Legwagon, No Effects, maybe a couple other punk bands. And that's like the Mount Rushmore, right? Like you could put their you know names up there and, and almost every punker at the time, punk rocker would know who that is. So I'm not sure what your guys' perspective of, or, you know, but, but, you know, knowing that like, uh, uh, you know, Pennywise is just this big name from a long time ago and they're still obviously making music, but what was the, like your experience and what was your perspective and, and how did you feel when you were working with Jim in the, in the studio? Um, it, it's still one of those situations where I kind of pinch myself that I have, you know, that we were able to get Jim from Pennywise to be on our record and Toby yeah. and, 
you know, that I play in a band with Steve and these guys. It's like yeah. everything's it's it's very surreal. Um, those guys, I grew up listening to them. Um, they're hugely influential to our music and um, to the writing style, and so it's amazing. Yeah. And I think so, obviously a lot of the big guitar sounds you guys have are very reminiscent of Pennywise in a lot of ways. It's some of their amps, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the reason why I play uh, uh, Triple Mesa, because that's what uh, Fletcher plays. Nice. I love, I love his sound. Yeah. That's My first cool. beat that I learned was because of Full Circle. So, I mean, it's hugely influential to, to what, yeah. we, what we have here. I mean, I think pretty much everybody around our age can recite throw him tribute front to back. I mean, that's just like, it's like DNA in your punk rock jeans or something like that. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So now you guys have made a couple of videos for this album and, and I want to talk to you about this because there's a couple of uh, cool ones. Obviously you did um, gravity, which uh, you know, there's, there's some humor behind it. You know, I think it was, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Who's the skate skateboarder. That's like set, getting set on fire in the background and stuff, but you know, just kind of having that, that, um, you know whole uh it was gravity yeah it was it was gravity for that one um, yeah but then yeah just kind of doing that whole thing in the in the in the in the house there where you guys are in like each room and, and then all of a sudden you're playing together i thought that was a great way to kind of intro you now i, I think either wyoming was before or after that i can't remember but that was the first video that i saw and when i first saw you know you're just playing in the room and then all of a sudden steve comes in with this big guitar slide i'm like wow that's pretty fucking cool <laughs> like, that's yeah. a pretty cool way to intro that that song right there and then obviously you know the the, the rest of the, the humor behind the guy walking down the street and all that stuff but um what was it like making these videos and then obviously with wyoming you had a lot of cgi it was like you know a computer animated <laughs> version of the band which i can't imagine how long that would take i, I don't know anybody that has the patience to do that stuff but um yeah i bet so how did both of those uh videos come about and what was the kinds of who kind of came up with the concepts behind those you want to talk about wyoming yeah talk about gravity first so gravity was another situation of just using our our friends and resources um we we filmed that relatively quickly it was a pretty much a day. We, we filmed it at Mike McGill's house, um, one of his rentals. Um, I have a, a buddy that has shot videos for for my other band, and we used him. His name's Mario Rivera. He did a great job. Um, Mark DeSalvo, who has done... The guy who painted that? Yeah, the cover art, right? Countless album covers. Yep. Lucky to have him come into the video and play the astronaut on fire yeah um, and of course kevin Staub, you know legend um he's a very colorful person so he we just thought he would be a good guy to be the main character in in the video yeah just grinning while walking down the street while shit's burning around behind him yeah. <laughs> well, it was all you know it was all mario's idea like we went out to get ramen because we that's our that's our kind of thing that we do after band practice here we go get ramen at the local awesome. spot and so we uh had a meeting with him and kind of just throwing ideas and that was his idea when he heard the song because since he was producing it it's like well, what do you what do you what can you visualize and so he told us what he wanted to visualize 
so he said, yeah, we need like a broken down empty house. And I'm like, man, where, who has that? And I'm like, oh, Mike McGill's working on his house right now. Yeah, this one of those bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, McGill, can we like borrow your house for like, you know, a couple hours to film a video? You know, so he, he let us do, he's like, uh, you know, just don't, I'm trying to build, work on this house. Don't ruin it. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it all came together and, uh, you know, it all came together within a week or two, you know, and um, we just had fun with it, you know, and like I said, it was another one of those kind of like spontaneous things. It's like, let's, let's film it in, in this room. And then like, Hey, let's now use each other room and put each other guy in the, in a room and kind of move around and like, you're going in and out of room. So, yeah. you know, it was kind of just kind of like on, on the, on the, on the whim of just idea after idea. And then we yeah. just let um, Mario do his thing. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how you record in studios generally anyway, is like you'll have the drums in like a big room and each person kind of in individual rooms. I don't know if that's how you guys did yours, but, you know, that's the experience of a lot of recording studios is individual recording. So it was kind of cool to see you guys in different rooms, almost like it was a abandoned recording studio or something. Yeah, yeah Mario's really good at um, using just what you have around you as as props or, you know, some idea that you can just come up with using whatever is around so, um, you know, big props to him for, for all the creativity of that video. A lot of that yeah. was him. So let's talk about Wyoming with the avatars and the urethane uh, CGI. How did that come about? Okay, so Wyoming came about because um, I have this friend in Spain, and his name is Victor. And um, he did a little, like, little promo spot for this um, drawing that I did for the salad I made up this salad on Instagram called the yeah, cab salad. Cab salad? Yeah. yeah. So my buddy who owns this pizza place wanted to sell it at a shop. So we were kind of advertising like we're going to make um, some T-shirts and and we're going to make the salad. And all of a sudden, this guy on Instagram goes, hey, I'm a big fan of you. I made this gift for you. It's You don't have to pay me. You know, this is just a gift because I love you and I've been following you all my whole career. This is what I do for a living. And so he made this like 30 second clip of the dragon going through these like um, bushes, like palm trees. And all of a sudden he comes up and holds a salad bowl and says, it says cab dragon in, in CGI. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you made that off the drawing that I did. That's <laughs> insane. So once he did that, he kept bugging me and bugging me like, let's do another project. Let's do another project. I'm like, I don't know what to do, man. Like whatever. So. <laughs> When, when it was the idea of like, we got to do another video, that's what I called Victor. And I'm like, hey, Victor. You got to work it out for I you got now. another project for you now. But I hear you like to work for free, so get used to it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, what is it? I'm like, well, it's not 30 seconds. It's three minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. He's like, whoa, that's going to take a long time. Yeah. I think we're like, we need it in two weeks. <laughs> we should have probably mentioned this last month, but uh, we got a short deadline now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But the funny thing is he doesn't speak English. So he translates everything that I write and then he yeah. translates everything back to me. So um, the communicate communication barriers was kind of tight there and trying to, but so that was the idea. Okay. Let's do an animated um, thing with the band. Yeah. So I already have a, a toy character. That's my character that someone made in Japan. So I already had that as the basis of like, let's let's kind of base it off this. And then he just had me shoot 
photos of all these guys with their whole bodies and tattoos and and what they wanted to wear and he just created it from that and i was every time he would send me a little thing i was just blown away i'm like i can't wait to show the band this because they're gonna be blown away yeah i mean it's it's insane like animation alone just blows my mind i'm like i don't know how anyone's that patient to do that frame by frame but um it came out pretty good and and especially for you know somebody who probably hadn't had uh you know that kind of big of a project to do before it was it was pretty cool to see no he he had some interns uh work for him you know a couple groms working for him as well nice and uh there was a point where the video was almost done and then <laughs> dylan wants a t-shirt change <laughs> <laughs> i don't like that pink one put it as black or something <laughs> and i'm like oh my goodness i gotta tell victor like to render all that stuff because we got to change the shirt <laughs> what a prima donna dylan come on man <laughs> no but uh it, it, it matches eyes it, exactly. it, it all worked out and um yeah the video came out cool and everyone was stoked on it. they thought it was really cute and uh, yeah so it, you know like like you said we're just kind of using our resources and everything's kind of falling together and even though this band has only been together for a year we all have experience in different areas that we're bringing to the table. And so, you know, I'm I'm going to be 57 next month. These guys are 40 and you're 30. Little baby. Little He's baby the youngest show. guy in the band. <laughs> so, you know, we all have, you know, musical experience and wisdom. And, and we're just kind of we're just kind of adding that to to this band. And it, and it, it seems to kind of flow really well, you know, and. My first meeting with um, with Tim at the coffee shop, I knew that um, I could work well with Tim because of his attitude and, and, and the way he was as a person. And I think, you know, everyone in this band um, just has a great attitude, you know, yeah. very positive and and professional. And they don't they don't lack anything. Everyone brings something to the band. And that's why this band is so successful so quickly, because yeah. um we're serious about it. Yeah, I was gonna say there's no egomaniacs in the uh, band, which is cool. Until you told me that uh, chat, or uh, sorry, Dylan wanted a T-shirt change. Then I was like, well, fucking Dylan's ruining the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It was actually Chad's fault. He told me I looked ugly in it. I just couldn't, I couldn't stand for it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And I agree. Like you know, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of good things about punk bands in general. Like most people are pretty humble. You get once in a while some some pretty big shitheads out there, but um, you know, I think for the most part, people know that when you're in a punk band, you're not striving for like superstardom. You're tr you're just really there to make the music, and if you can make a living out of it and and play some shows and make some awesome music along the way, that's kind of how it is. And um, you know, that's awesome to hear that you guys you know actually don't have any tension because that really makes the music flow a lot easier and stops you. I guess it stops you from stopping yourself to make the music you want to make. Most definitely. I, yeah. I feel, I mean, we all have like jobs and families and stuff and yep. I just feel lucky that I'm able to do this at all yeah. uh, with these guys. So it's, it's a, it's a blessing for sure. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously Steve's got his salads and his skateboard and, I mean, he's got, he's just sitting back going like, you know what? This is pretty cool. I got this beat a band. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tonight he brought us organic juice with his name on the bottle. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. He's like, quick plug guys, drink this. 
Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. So if you guys have a crystal ball, what do you think urethane's up to in five years? Uh, I would say writing new songs, you know, and trying to, you know, just we're just trying to figure this out because we're on a whole nother level here, you know, that we haven't been in. And especially me, I've been in playing music since 1982. Yeah. That's when I started my first punk band. <clears throat> I was so, born in 1981, Steve. That makes me feel old, but I think that makes <laughs> probably feel a little older. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like I've been doing this all my life, but this is, this band right here, I feel like is the one that's taken off the most and yeah. has gotten the most attention and the, mo the, the most opportunity. And it just goes to show when you never give up on what you love to do, eventually you become successful at it. Yeah. And I like that sentiment too, because I've played in bands where I'm like, I'm the one, only one driving forward. I have to drag people with me and it's yes. not fun. Cause it's like, I don't want to have to be that guy. Like just, come in, bring something to the band. So then I actually played drums in a band where there was two other people kind of driving the music forward. And I was there just practicing. And I, I didn't really play drums in a band before, but I was like, I'm going to work my ass off to try to be the best drummer. And when everybody in the band was kind of like, had that same spirit of like wanting to build the music, it came quick. I mean, we, we had like 12 songs in like three weeks. And I was like, how the hell did that happen? Like, I can't even drum that well, but like I'm sitting here practicing like six hours a day just to get it right. So I think, you know, when you do find the right people, that shit can happen, like just goes forward really quickly. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, now, I know that obviously, I believe anyway, um, Chad and yourself, Tim, have been kind of uh, replaced in, in War Fever. Um, I don't know the situation. Do you guys all, are you guys pretty much all in on this band? You guys have been replaced in your other pro musical projects or do you guys still have commitments with the other bands at all? You trust the elephant in the room. <laughs> uh, thanks gonna, a lot, gonna, Isaac. Gonna, <laughs> so, uh, hey, I'm just going to ask the questions people want to know, man. <laughs> um, um, as far as me and Tim and War Fever, I was more or less like a place setting. Yeah. That they'd gone through a member change, and I was just kind of the guy uh, that was easy because I'm friends with everybody. I started out recording their band as a producer. Gotcha. So I knew most of their music anyway, and I, it's they. Besides urethane, it's the easiest uh, band of guys to get along with ever. You yeah. know, they're just the friendliest group. So well, and every song's like two I minutes long, so it's like I don't have to learn much. Just play the same thing for two quick minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, just as long as you play really fast and end on E, you have every War Fever song. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was cool, you know. And um, but yeah, I I I was never uh, looked at either from my perspective or theirs as as a permanent. Yeah, guy. Um, I still do play with Skipjack. That's uh, twenty six years now, but they um, they were all very very supportive. They knew that when this opportunity came and we had the songs and the crew that we have, um, they you know we put the brakes on everything and the the urethane project is the number one priority. I don't have any uh, Skipjack projects planned practices nothing like that it's just yeah. it'll it'll be there from time to time you know yeah. but uh we started this thing with uh good music and a good group of guys and uh we want to see it through as far as we can take it you know what i mean i mean i, I referenced matt skiba before and, and he's playing both an alkaline trio and uh blink 182 two of the biggest punk bands in the world so it's possible it just have to be really good at managing your time, I guess. 
Yeah, sure. no, and they're definitely different. Uh, the Skipjack thing is more of a, we've had like some really good regional successes, yeah. you know, and as far as, uh, but it's a different type of music. It's more of uh, hardcore kind of stuff, you know, yeah. that it's, it's one of those, uh, it's kind of like high school reunion time now, you know, that uh, it, it's something that's just kind of always there going on in the background. But our um, cell phones going off in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but this is different, you know. Um, practice. <laughs> <You're late>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like like Steve was saying, we just have this opportunity that we we all ended up in the same place, like four guys that are really driven towards the same goal, and we've all paid our dues on so many levels for so many years. And I think a big misconception is that like. Oh, this band is just coming out of nowhere, and there's a few names attached to it, and they have all these shows. Well, collectively, we've all paid decades of dues, so we were able to use a lot of our own resources within the band. We all have our own our own set of resources that we can bring to the table. So then, all we have to do is really focus on writing music and enjoying each other's company. Yeah. And these are all guys that, like, I mean. 200 memes a day between the the group you know like we all love hanging out with each other we're calling each other goofing around like yeah hopefully none of them are like offensive or anything you guys don't want to get caught up in those traps of like you know 10 years from now all the stuff you guys are sharing gets exposed through some email scandal or something oh yeah unless there's an email scandal of like we're screwed unless there's a funny email scandal of funny french bulldog memes <laughs> no, it's just it's it's one of those things where I wouldn't change a single thing that we have going right now. I wouldn't change cool. a minute of it. I assume that's pretty much the sentiment from all of you guys then. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know the the term um it's all who you know, you know, to be able to get where you want to get. Oh yeah. It, it's true. And you have to be friendly. You have to make relationships with people. You have to know people to to get things done. So it is true. It it's it's all who you know. And yeah. if you if you're not outgoing or friendly, um, you're not going to get much out of life, you know. And I think that we've built all of us have built relationships within the music industry that ha- are having an effect on this band now and the success of it. Yeah, and that's great advice because I mean, you know, especially for for bands that come up and, you know, if anyone in the band has an attitude that's, you know, it's, it's going to stain that entire band's image with whoever they're working with producers, uh, studio guys, uh, you know, gear, like roadies, whoever, like anybody that sets up anything or helps you in any way, if you're not incredibly grateful for them helping you and the opportunities you have, people are going to stop wanting to work with you. And then guess what? You don't have a band anymore and you don't really, you don't even know why it's just, here's your attitude. And I, and I think that's a great mentality because I actually do some business coaching. That's my day job and um, have, have businesses as well. But, um, you know, that that is the same sentiment that I tell people in business. If you don't if you're not good with people that you work with or the customers or the, you know, the, the staff that you have, you're not going to have a business. It's going to dry up just as quickly. So I, it, it's it's all about relationships and being, being friendly and being honest. I think that's that's the, that's a huge part. You know, that gives respect regardless of what industry you're in. No, for sure. And when the, this band first started, I had to lay down the law and let them know that if they messed up, I was going to toilet paper their house. <laughs> so they know, you know, they get the little toilet paper emoji going like, you're pissing me off now. I'm going to go to 
Costco and get a whole, you know, roll. It was funny as he's totally not even cracking a joke. I carry a roll in my car just to be prepared. Every once in a while, you'll just get like, you know, a show will get canceled or some just might not work out the way we planned it. And there's just Steve with a little toilet paper emoji. Going down. What's that? What's their address? <laughs> It'll be even more embarrassing when he gets the toilet paper with his face printed on awesome. it. <laughs> so awesome. So, um, yeah. So you know, obviously, we'll we'll put some links to your guys' music in the show notes below and anything like that. But do you guys have any other? We talked about some upcoming shows. Um, but do you have any other shows or anything else that you'd like to plug or you know, say anything you want to say to the fans or people who haven't heard you know heard you yet before we go today? Don't worry about Steve. Just listen to the album. <laughs> that's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I think, I think when the hype really stops just focusing on any one member, you're going to, they're going to see that there's music here and it's, it's good for so many other reasons. Oh yeah. And it, but you know what though? It's the smartest thing, you know, how would we have launched a brand new band like this? the way we have or had any opportunities without that sort of name association at first you know what i mean like yeah. you put out a flyer for urethane without anything on it i don't know urethane there yeah. isn't a person around that knows what this is you know but yeah. if we have an opportunity to like broaden our audience so that they can hear the music so far uh everybody that's heard the music has been totally excited about it They've yeah. heard nothing but good reviews and stuff, you know. If it takes getting the fire lit a little bit to to get everybody to see what we've done here, then by all yeah. means. Yeah, it, yeah, like and even like uh when I first started the faction in nineteen eighty two, my name was attached to that because they 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 didn't know that I played music and no one knew who the faction was. So a lot of people that came to our shows in nineteen eighty two came because i was playing in the band it, it was we played a lot of skate you know venues and and um yeah so it helped it helped bring some attention to the band so you know so what are the chances that you guys will be on the next tony hawk pro skater whenever that comes out you know <laughs> there could be a good possibility I, um I hang out with Tony all the time. So, uh, <laughs> I want to be skating with him tomorrow, actually. So. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Get it in there. Like, I want to see Steve Caballero skating to his own music in a video game. <laughs> no, be sick. Uh, we're Right now, we're trying to get a song in, in a motocross um, video right now, which is a pr pretty prestigious um, documentary they're working on uh, on long jumping. Wow. And there's a there's a guy that's gonna um, try to break the world record in this in this uh, this video this documentary. So I'm trying to get get some songs or at least one or two songs in that in that. That's awesome. Do you know what the working title is? Or it's called Narnia. 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 Yeah. Well, hopefully, there's no trademark infringement there. Yeah, and it's uh, Jay uh, Weiser. Jay. Jay Weiser. The first the first name is Jay, but he's a he's a producer. He's the filmer of the. Nice. of the film so we'll see you know um like i said there you know and because of my connection with vans um vans does a lot of events and so that's that's another platform uh that can be used uh, because of my connection with skateboarding um 
you know, we just played um, Steve Van Dorn's um, dad's uh, documentary called uh, Never Catch Pigeons. It was a story of Paul Van Dorn, the guy who started bands and his whole life story. And uh, we were able to do the premiere at the Newport Film Festival and see Van Doren asked um, if you're a thing would play it. So that's awesome. I actually saw the, the Instagram post about that. That's very cool. I, I mean, yeah, Van has been amazingly supportive of us uh, from the beginning. Um, Steve Van Doren and uh, and the crew, they've, they've really helped us out. He was literally the first one to hear us. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's pretty awesome. I mean, again, it is who you know. And then obviously when, when you got those connections and the music's good, then you just, it, it's a perfect system, right? It's like riding the wave in a, in a surf reference. And I don't, yeah. I guess it'd be like hitting a perfect half pipe trick. I don't, I don't skateboard, so I don't know. <laughs> transition. Yeah. A good, a good transition or a good uh, rail slide or something. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so guys, you know, it's been an absolute honor to have you guys here. I, I truly do enjoy the music. Um, I look forward to seeing everything uh, you guys do and it's all well-deserved. And, and like Chad was saying, you know, it's, it's not an overnight success. Nothing is ever an overnight success. There's always tens of hundreds of hours of work put to that, um, you know, thing behind it. So, you know, guys, if you haven't checked out their music yet, make sure to go to the show notes below the episode for links to their music. And if you like what you heard on the show, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends on social media. And you can see the full video on our YouTube channel as well. Also, if you want to check out some of the written content or any of the products or merch that we have available, go to PoweredByRock.com to read our absolutely free rocking blog full of album reviews, interviews, and lists to keep you entertained. And find our gear as well so you can pick up some items to play and look like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. Thank you. See ya. See ya. Bye.